Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. He said my name, literally, I just like, I don't even know what happened. All of a sudden I heard Alexander, and then I'm like, why am I not in the room? So I don't know what happened. 
What's up, guys? Good morning, good morning, good morning. I don't know why I did that in the Glenn Lundy style, but hey, I love that man. I emulate that man, so I'm here for it. I will tell you what, guys. I want to start off the morning really quickly and just let everyone know. <laughs> Sarah, I don't even know if I can. I'm laughing. I'm alive. I am here <laughs> despite what the Breakfast with Champions website says. I did not lose 84 pounds and my life. <laughs> I am here. Me, me and Sarah died laughing about this yesterday. If you guys are on the Breakfast with Champions website, which all of you should be going on there, not just because you should be getting this Morning 5 planner, uh, not just because you should be subscribing to our podcast, and I don't mind telling you you should, guys. I don't mind it. But you got to go read my bio. In fact, I'm just going to really quickly. <laughs> I, Sarah, did you get kicked off that plane last night laughing for a, like Glenn, a crazy person? Glenn knows who I was sitting next to and I might have woken the extremely famous person sitting next to me laughing when you sent me your bio. <laughs> so my bio reads with my picture that I love. Alexander Gonzalez is a social audio influencer, love aficionado, ketopreneur, and paid public speaker. As a husband and father of two, he faced past trauma and abuse that was holding him back and transformed his health, losing 84 pounds and his life. But ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I'm here to tell you, I did not lose my life. I gained my life. <laughs> and I'm so excited to be here. I, I told Sarah that we would... We would start the show with that little bit, uh, but I was dying laughing when I read that. I, I think it, it flows so beautifully that people probably read it and didn't even notice that it says that I lost my life, but I was like, what the heck? I'm alive, y'all. I'm alive. Oh, that made me laugh, Sarah. So thank you for letting me start the morning with that. Good morning, Dr. Sean. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning, Dora Maria. Good morning, Don Sankey. You're probably working out. I need to be following your lead. Good morning, Joy, the most appropriately named human on the planet. Good morning, Michael. Michael, I'm so amped for this next hour, brother. I can't wait. Good morning, Emily, Ramon, Credit. I love you, Credit Ninja. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, the most optimistic human in the world. Well, maybe we're tied, Kate. I don't know. We're going for it. I can't wait. Mariana, Anthony, Nevea. Uh, good morning, Gene. Good morning, Jackie. I see those abs. Good morning, Vicky. Good morning, Tanji. Good morning, Dr. Sufi. Love and kisses all your way. Monica, my friend. I see you. I see those abs. You are powerful. Lolita with the T. Dr. Roberto, Mario, Dakota, Annette, my brother from another mother, Marcus Ellis. What is up, Natasha? Dr. Anoop, what's up, Jeannie? What's up, Miguel? Coming all the way from New York City, sis. One of my very first friends on this platform. What's up, Sophia? My sister from another Mr. Mary Lynn. Good morning. Good morning, Patricia G.I., Sharon Janice, Melvin Mironda, Core Element, Beverly Linnell. Good morning, Dr. Ashley. Good morning, Angela Tom. Coco, fierce Coco, my fierce sister. I always love seeing you. Mindy Debbie, I got to hug Debbie IRL, and she is one of the sweetest humans in the world. Matt, oh, Angelina. What's up, Maria? What's up, Tosh? Queen! Javon, Tracy, Lily, Sheila, Kim. Woo, this is a long...
of people this morning, y'all. But good morning, good morning. If I missed you, please know I love you, and I want to tell you why I love you. Do y'all know why I love y'all? Because we love you. Just because. Just because. Just because. Just because. There is no reason, there is no condition. You don't got to do nothing to earn it from me or from anybody. Love is given freely. And the best thing is, when you give freely, you never lose. You only gain. I love freely, and I promise love is given to me so freely. It is unbelievable. I am humbled by it every single day. I am so amped this morning to get this day started, to get this Friday started, to get this weekend kicked off. I love those three words that Glenn started us off with. Just be you. <laughs> wow. Three simple words and one of the most difficult things in the world to do. And I'm really, really blessed that for this next hour, I have someone that has become one of the most impactful people in my life in a very short amount of time, has become a friend, a confidant, has become someone that I'm learning all these incredibly cool things from and seeing them do incredibly cool things in their life. And the title of today's room is, When Has a Leap Changed the Trajectory of Your Life? Well, my guest this morning has taken multiple leaps. Some of those leaps changed the trajectory to the most positive places, and some of those leaps to the most darkest. But in the end, leaps were taken, and because of those leaps, we now have the man that we all get to call our friend, and the man who has accomplished so much, speaking on over 11,000 stages. Y'all heard me right, over 11,000 times has this man gotten on stage behind a microphone and poured into people. He is has Russell Brunson's phone number. He gets flown over to his private island to go do masterminds with Russell Brunson's team. When you say Will Smith's name, he reaches out to Will Smith because he knows him too. <laughs> From being an actor to a businessman to someone who everyone loves to call Mr. Clubhouse, this gentleman here has proven to me what unconditional love and unconditional friendship is like. Mr. Michael Robinson, how are you doing this? What's up, dude? That was way too much of an introduction. Well, listen, you have to <laughs> live up um, to it. As so I'm sitting can... here in a dark... Uh, <laughs> As, I, as I'm sitting here in the dark recesses of, of the hotel where I'm at in West Virginia this morning, uh, man, I appreciate that. It's good to be here and uh, good to share a space. But of course, I just love everybody in this room. There's so many of my favorite people right here. So uh, glad to be here this morning and ready to just pour in and, and love on some folks today. Yes, hey, Alexander, Alexander, before you begin, just real quick, since he knows um, Will Smith, you, you, you know the, the, uh, the dream of Glenn, right? We're, we're working on it. We've, as a matter of fact, that's all I told Glenn here recently. We're just waiting on Will to get through the front end of his book tour, and we're going to make some stuff happen. Damn. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, Michael. Yeah, when, when that was literally said, Michael, Let's get <laughs> Michael and I were texting, and he's like, oh, I just text Will Smith. <laughs> and I was like, what? What? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and so um, – this uh, this is what's cool is you're a Muvin shaker. So let's get to the point where, uh, you know, let's not talk about the Will Smith years yet. You know what I'm saying? I like to always start kind of before. So you take leaps in life. We know that you're a businessman. We know you consult huge companies now. You've been an actor, all these types of things. You've been a pastor, one of the uh, largest churches in the nation. 
talk to me about, first and foremost, define for us here when someone says taking a leap. What does that mean to you? How do you define taking a Absolutely. So, you know, I think about this a lot in a very, very literal sense, right? So I remember one year for, for my birthday, I, I told myself, like, hey, you're going to go skydiving, right? And I don't know if anybody else in here has done that. Um, but that's, you know, obviously a literal leap. But when I decided to do that that first time, one of the things that's really important to me, maybe it's partially the way I'm wired. If you've ever tried to do this before, most of the times when you go skydiving the first time, uh, you know, most of the places that'll take you, they make you tether up to somebody else and you, you tandem jump where you're tied to somebody else. And my, my attitude about it, Alexander, is, is simply this. If I'm going to jump out of a plane and if it's going to go badly, I don't want to be sandwiched between somebody else and the ground. If I'm going to go, I just want to go by myself, right? So I, I found a ground school that would go through the eight hours of training and allow me to jump by myself. And when I think about taking that leap, uh, and, and I unpack the experience a little bit more, one of the most important things that I think any of us have to think about in taking any leap in life is really understanding what the risks are and what are the logistics that we need to know when we jump out of the situation. So, you know, and I think back to that day that I jumped out of a plane for the very first time and the door on the side of that airplane opened up as we're doing, you know, 160 plus miles an hour in one direction and 14,000 feet up in the air, the wind's blowing and I have to climb out on the edge of that wing and let go. I had to have in my mind and in my preparedness so much information at my disposal so that that leap of faith, while it was exhilarating, while it was scary, while it was disorienting, while it was full of uncertainty, I had some sense of direction on how to make sure that I could at least still survive and be breathing at the end of that experience. And so when I think about taking a leap of faith and you know something we talked about just last night on the phone was really this idea of taking a calculated leap. You still have to have faith. You still have to have uh, a little bit of just close your eyes and hope for the best, but you need to make sure at any point you take a leap that you've considered all of the facts and all the information so that when you, when you do, do, do make that leap, you can make the most of it. I love that. And, you know, when we were talking about this, because I like to prepare and I'm taking my notes and then I'm going over the notes from our conversation. And I remember saying to you, but a calculated leap, a calculated leap. Wait a minute. That doesn't make sense because, well, not that it doesn't make sense because I understand the words and I understand the concepts and I understand that there's times that we do take calculated leaps. But this whole week we've been talking about leaps of faith. Isn't that something that is, you know, counterintuitive? to a leap of faith if it's calculated and your response and i'd love for you to share it, it you kind of touched into it when someone's saying well what about leaps of faith what about the moments where opportunity rises and i don't have the ability to make a calculated decision or or, or have calcul or have things set up so that when i take that leap i actually have a parachute strapped to my back what happens when the leap that i face is one that i have to take without 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's a it's it's really an important thing, right? Like, so we come in here to breakfast with champions and, and a lot of us that show up in clubhouse and spaces like this. And we talk a lot about this idea of taking that leap of faith, like, leave, you know, leaving your, your nine to five job, starting a business to, you know, going after your dreams, your passions, your visions, those sorts of things. And what I say all the time is there is a complete leap of faith anytime you do that, right? Because whether you leave the safety of a, a paycheck that you get every week or the safety of the confines of an office space or, you know, what, whatever that box is that maybe you're in and you're going to take the leap of faith out of, you still need to have somewhat of a plan, right? And when you think about it, I think it was even Jack Ma uh, said at one point, like, you, you can take a leap of faith, but you have to take calculated leaps of faith. You have to take calculated risks. And the way that that translates, at least for me personally, is the idea of I can start a business on faith. I can start an idea on the faith that my idea is good enough that it'll sustain me. But I still need to come up with a business plan. I still need to have a, a, a roadmap for that vision so that when I leap, I have some idea of where I'm headed. And I think it's really important because so often it sounds really good and inspirational and amazing for us to come in and we can just, you know, holler from the mountaintops is just go for it. You know, leave your job, do this, you know, start that, you know, jump into this thing, make that change in your life. But you've got to take those calculated risks. And I think about one of the times when I started uh, a, a, one of my more successful businesses, I had to ask myself, probably because I had failed enough times before, Am I okay with failure? And if I fail, if this doesn't work, do I, do I have a way to survive? So the calculation for me is can I swallow a failure and can I survive on the other side of it? So it doesn't have to be super complex, but I would tell you that in each step of a leap, you've got to calculate that step, right? You calculate. It's just like the, the, the Olympic high divers that jump off of a 90-foot platform to perfect a dive in, in that moment, there's still a leap of faith that when they go and they hit that water, they're going to hit it just right that they don't break their neck or break their legs or break their arms. But there's still a leap of faith that has calculation. And if I move this way, if I spin that way, if I land this way, I'm going to be okay. But it's still a leap of faith every time they launch off of that platform. Oh, I love that analogy. I love analogies. I'm like an analogy, like <clears throat> you give me a good analogy and I'm here for it. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the leaps of faith that you've had to take. So we have a couple things in common. We're both preachers, kids, which good and bad <laughs> being raised as a preacher's kid. But I'll tell you what, I'm so grateful and I would never, ever, ever trade back for some of the things. And, and it was your father at a mega church as well. Cause I know obviously you, you ultimately led in a mega church. Um, but I, I, I grew up in a huge church where my father was one of the pastors on staff, Calvary Assembly of God in Orlando. I think, um, I want to say when I was younger, there was probably 10,000 members at one point. Uh, he was not the main, pa he was not the senior pastor at that church. He was pastor, a youth pastor, and then uh, moved in another capacity and then ultimately went on to, you know, uh, start his own church, uh, which he still pastors with my mom to this day in Orlando. Um, so you were pastor's kids growing up and you grew up where? So I grew up in the Nashville area, which is where, oh, okay. yeah, so currently where I'm at. But now we, we moved a lot. I mean, I, I, people used to think we were military kids, right? Because my dad would, you know, serve, serve at a particular church for three or four years, and then he'd move on to another church and serve there for three or four years. So people thought we were like a military family uh, moving around. So we, we weren't in different areas, but for the most part, I grew up in the Nashville area. 
And uh, my dad was not actually on megachurch staff. However, he was on the mega stages as a communicator and as a speaker. And so when I grew up, he was speaking at all the biggest conferences, at all the biggest events. Uh, at one point, he served as the vice president of youth specialties, one of the largest, you know, faith-based you know, teenage organizations on the planet. And so I, I saw that, but I tell you, one of the things that I saw growing up, not, not just being a preacher's kid, um, is both my dad modeled this for me and his dad modeled it for me, both having longstanding careers, uh, in a particular area and then choosing at a midpoint in life to start their own thing and take that leap of faith as entrepreneurs to start a business. And I watched them fight through it, both of them, because I, I saw my grandfather make a shift in his own uh, trajectory as a kid and watched him turn that into a big success in his life. So, you know, in the lineage, I was able to watch it happen. I was able to ask questions. I was able to maybe learn just by observation, um, but very grateful for, for the people in front of me that helped me understand what it looked like to take a leap of faith. And, and I love that. And so my question is this. How did we go from the pulpit to Richard Branson's private island? Right. Because you, know, <laughs> you had, had to take in a couple weeks. Well, you know, here's an, interesting, here's an interesting thing. Clubhouse is a great example of this. I remember, you know, and, and I talk about this a lot. We were talking about this in the social media room one day. Uh, you know, when you're an early adopter in new ideas, it, it often affords you a lot of opportunity. Clubhouses. Hey, listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five Five Simple Steps to an Extraordinary Morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. It's a great example of that. For me, in 2008, Twitter was a great example of that. Now, because I was so surrounded by the entrepreneurial thing, from the very beginning of, of my adult life and, and paying my bills and being responsible for my own well-being, I was an entrepreneur alongside building the church, and I treated building the churches that I led the same way as I would have starting a business in building an army of volunteers, building an army of, of believers and followers and and. Uh, which that kind of sounds cultish, doesn't it? But, you know, building a group of people who believed in where you're going and what you're doing and why you're doing it, which is so important when we build businesses, right? And so uh, so at the same time that I was building these churches, I had I, I had and owned and built a conglomerate of jewelry stores across the country, which is a whole other thing. We can unpack that story one day. But I was in the jewelry business and I was in the Jesus business is the way I say it. And so I was building both of these businesses and I was learning to use social media as a tool to build both. And in, I, I remember in around 2000, late 2007, early 2008, Twitter was really starting to make its rise. And I was one of those early adopters. I originally, you know, my first account on Twitter had the little blue check mark and all those good fancy things that you have with it. But that was actually the first time I connected with Richard Branson was in Twitter. We started sharing ideas. And even though from a faith component, we don't believe the same things, we have some different ideals around all of that. The core tenets of the way that we operate and the way that we communicate is very similar. And so we began this uh, interaction 
as a result of these simple, and at the time it was 120 characters, no images. You had to use, you know, twit pics and all these different other, you know, plugins and, and URLs to even put pictures up. But, uh, you know, we used that rudimentary form of Web 2.0 social media to communicate with each other. And then I started to ask him questions about business, about leadership. And so we started to share those ideas and built a relationship organically over the years so that when I made the leap of faith to leave working in the church and focus completely in entrepreneurial leadership, strategic consulting, and helping build companies across the globe, uh, that relationship parlayed itself into not just going to Necker Island, but being invited to spend a week with Richard in his house in Verbier, Switzerland, teaching other billionaires, which is probably one of the, you want to talk about that imposter syndrome idea? Uh, you want to talk about a leap of faith that I didn't even know how to calculate. I remember getting the call and saying, can you be in Switzerland in like five days? I'm going to get you a plane ticket. You need to be here to change everything in my life. And then walking into a room and realizing that while I've been fairly successful in my life, I walked into a room with a bunch of billionaires and was asked to teach them how to build teams and how to build team communication. And you want to talk about your insides, just feeling like you're going to puke or pee yourself or whatever. And like, feeling so out of place and feeling so unworthy and yet being being asked to step into a place to do something that people value you and you don't even value yourself. I mean, there's so many components of this thing that break down in the human psyche. And yet it all started, no joke, with a tiny little Twitter conversation about, I don't know, eight, nine years earlier. And it blossomed into something amazing by showing up consistently throughout those leaps of faith over and over again. Who will buy another gift for anybody except for Who all of a sudden opened up their, <laughs> I'm not sure what was going on there. Uh, who all of a sudden opened up their Twitter and is like, okay, I'm going to give this a go. This is the way to do it. Uh, I love that. And I love that even opportunity like that, an opportunity where a little bit less uh, of the pressure of taking the leap was, taken off of you, meaning your airfare was taken. I mean, he owns an airline, so your airfare was taken care of. Right. You're walking in, you're the expert that people are wanting to listen to. You don't have to build your clout. It's all done for you. And yet there's still an internal leap that needs to be taken, right? Because it's not always just the leap of the act of doing whatever it is that's in front of you. Sometimes it's the leap in our own heads and this is like speaking to me a lot right now, Michael. I'm speaking to myself. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is. I'm telling you, and this is the thing that we talk It's really um, like <laughs> I'm trying to think even how I would phrase this. Like you show up consistently in life and, and you show up with integrity, with the same focus consistently in the same direction. Over time, it builds up. There's something my dad taught me, I think. Uh, maybe a hundred times over, I heard him say, I hear him say things even now today. Uh, you know, I, I have conversations with him all the time, actually, probably because he lives in my backyard right now because he's building a house. So he lives in my studio apartment. So I call my dad, uh, as my, my good friend Selena says, he's high end homeless right now. Uh, so I have these conversations, but it's about showing up with consistency and integrity, moving in the same direction over a period of time pays off dividends, but that doesn't mean in the process of showing up and, and, and consistently doing those things that you don't have those moments to scratch your head, to be scared, to be worried, to be afraid, to struggle through it. It's not like I had this straightforward momentum 
uh, of building these things. When I when I actually launched into the biggest portion of my career and, and my journey in life, it happened in 2014 after I had a business partner steal every dime and dollar I had, millions of dollars out of my bank account. It was after I walked away from the place where I had drawn so much of my public identity of, uh, you know, being on stage every single week and being on television every single week. And I had to give that up and kind of hit this restart, you know, button. And it was, it was intense at the time because I, even though I was pretty solid and, and pretty confident in who I was, I stepped into a place where I said, I'm going to take what I've learned in, in building these large organizations and churches and building these successful businesses. And I'm going to go teach other big businesses how to do this and how to build teams and, and how to make things amazing for themselves. And yet when I, when I decided to do all of that, I had no idea where my first client was coming from. I had no idea whether I'd land that client. And I had no idea if two, three, four, five, six months down the road, I'd even be able to pay my bills. And so sometimes you just have to show up. Like the consistency and integrity that I had in the previous 15 years of my life had to keep moving, even though I wasn't sure exactly where it was moving to. We got a hot mic. I'm looking for it. There we go. So I just had to keep showing up in that same trajectory, even though I wasn't even sure exactly where that trajectory was going to land me next. But I took that same consistency and integrity that had sustained me thus far and put it into play into the next season. Well, and then you also had to take the leap in your mind. Right, the leap that you were worthy, the leap that these billionaires could actually listen to, the leap that you can trans that you can transition from the pulpit where you're guiding people, consulting people in their spiritual walk to consulting people in their business walk. And now you're consulting with billionaires. And so what's interesting about taking a leap, and I think that one thing that people often don't discuss is we often talk about the action of taking the leap, the faith that it takes. Sometimes making sure that you, um, you know, make sure you have your calculations. In fact, it, there's a, a good buddy of mine wrote a best-selling book that's called Jump Without a Parachute, How to Find the Guts to Leave the Job You Hate for One You Love by Corey Calvin, Jump Without a Parachute. It's on Amazon if that interests you. And what's interesting is it, the book itself is a parachute <laughs> because it gives you steps that you can follow to make the calculated decision to ultimately take those leaps. This is specific in your career, but really the, the principles can be applied to things in life, not just in business. Sometimes we have to take leaps in relationships. Sometimes we have to take leaps with friendships. Sometimes we have to take leaps um, when it comes to following a passion. You know, there, you know uh, I'm gonna tell you guys something. Uh, people oftentimes, and in fact, Ramon, you're gonna get a kick out of this because you're gonna understand uh, why uh, I loved what you had to say about your wife. You know, M Amelia Antonetti and I talk all the time and we're working on some things together. I'm so super excited about, and she's like, gosh, your hair, I, I, you know, please don't think that I'm talking about myself conceitedly guys, but she's like, gosh, your hair is amazing. in every single video and every single picture. And I was on a boat and I'd gotten off a boat and I was drinking from the bottle of Vuv after being on a boat all day. And she's like, even then your hair looks so good. We have to do 
do we have to figure out how to get you a men's hairline? Like you need hair product. Like we need to be blasting this hair product from the rooftops because everyone's gonna want you. Let's go. Let's go. So good all the time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I was like, okay, I'm here for it. So she had said that the night before you, Ramon, said that that you told us that your wife said that about me. So that was really funny. And so, but I'm like, I would love that. I would love that. That's something I'm. I know it sounds silly, but I'm very passionate. Like I follow barbers. I follow. Um, I love cool men's hairstyles. It's something that I think is art. I think it's powerful. I think it's something that people don't appreciate as much as they should. Effort is made. I love to appreciate good effort. This is a passion of mine. I never thought I would ever even think about monetizing something like this. And she said something so impactful to me. She's like, that's what we do. We figure out how to turn our passions into a paycheck. And that takes such a leap, even internally in our mind, because I never would have thought that my passion of making sure that when I walk out that door, this pompadour is out there. You know what I'm saying? I'm ready to show up and show out every day, no matter what. And now I've, now in my heart, now it's stirring all these little mini leaps of, ooh, I want, I want to do this. So I'm going to do some more research. Ooh, I want to do this. So I'm going to start looking on the Amazon marketplace and see what are the competitive products out there. Ooh, and so many leaps start to get taken before ultimately the big leap gets taken. You have had many, many leaps in your uh, career, in, in, in the life path that you have taken. Talk to me about some of those leaps because some of those leaps were awesome ones. They turned into relations, like, you know, taking the leap of being, uh, you know, one of the first people to really use Twitter. And that led to a relationship with Russell Brunson, which probably led to other relationships with other people. Uh, you have taken leaps where, uh, you know, you decided to start your own church. And that church ended up being the fourth largest church in the, and I, I, it, correct me if I say any of these things incorrectly, but I believe it's the fourth largest church in North America. And you were the senior pastor of that church. Then you took leaps of showing up and finally showing the world authentically you and taking everything that that took with it, which was good, bad, and otherwise. Talk to me about some of these leaps. And when the leap felt like a free fall and you yeah. felt like the impact was going to be a tough one, how did you stay in the mindset that you were going to be okay? Yeah, so... I'm going to go back to jumping out of an airplane for the first time. Um, it's an interesting experience because I remember thinking like, you know, that feeling when you were on a roller coaster, or maybe when you're a kid and you're in the back seat of your parents' car, right? And you go over the hill and you feel your stomach turn, right? Or maybe you've been standing on the edge of a, a tall cliff or the side of a mountain or looking out of a tall building or whatever it is. And you feel your stomach turn and you think you're going to feel all these things. And it, the fear is a big component of it because we have this built-in internal human response to, you know, fight or flight and, and self-preservation and everything. And I remember thinking when I go out of the plane for the first time, how am I going to overcome that feeling, right? How am I going to make it through that moment? And I remember when I crawled out on the wing of that airplane, holding on, thinking, in, in a minute, I have to let go. Like, in a minute, I have to choose to release my grip that is, is my safety and my anchor in this moment and let go and hope that it's going to be okay. But I remember when I let go and got into that free fall, all of the sudden, 
I lost the, I lost that turn feeling. I lost that, uh, you know, like understanding of how far am I from the ground and the perspective and all those things, because I reached what's called terminal velocity where everything's moving at the same pace. So I'm not having different parts of my body move at different rates and all these sorts of things. Sometimes I think our biggest leaps of faith in life become like that where we get into this terminal velocity. Now that doesn't mean the fear is gone. It doesn't mean that there's certainty all of a sudden. It doesn't mean that everything's working the right way. It just simply means that now we're in survival mode. And when I think about so many of those times where we jumped off the cliff in, in that moment, whether it was starting a business, whether it was leading the church, whether it was uh, making a change in life, the sometimes you reach terminal velocity. The, the biggest part of overcoming the the leap of faith is the first step right it's that first release it's that first moment of letting go the biggest thing for me uh you know and and certainly always willing to get into the the nitty-gritty details of of life because here I, I spent my entire life telling people how important it is to be real and be authentic and be yourself and show up and have integrity and you know do all these things the right way and be yourself and it's okay to be you and you're going to be fully loved and at some point the biggest leap of faith i had to make for me was looking in the mirror and doing that for myself uh, the for one of the first times i had to understand that was to to just come to terms with my own story and my own life and that included me making a big change uh, of, you know, coming out about my, you know, my sexual orientation much later in life and making a leap of faith, which meant I had to dismantle what everybody saw in my life for 30 something years and reorient. And it's scary. That's probably one of the times it felt like the biggest free fall in my entire life was changing the entire narrative of the what people thought about me from the core because I had to trust that people would still love me, respect me, and show up in those places where I was at at the same time that I was there. Uh, powerful, like so powerful, because how often do we get behind, uh, well, I've never gotten behind the pulpit, but do we get on a stage? Do we get behind the microphone? Do we get in a place where we coach and we teach, right? And oftentimes, and this is what's really interesting to me, and this is what I think everyone needs to remember, because when we see those people that are on the stage, be it at your church behind the pulpit, and I know this because my dad's a pastor, um, be it on the stage when you go to a conference, be it on the stage when you're here on Clubhouse, sometimes we have this expectation or this um, belief that this the people speaking are infallible, that they're superhuman, that everything that they coach, they do every single minute of the day. And the reality of the matter is that that's just not true. Find me some person. I mean, look at what happened with Rachel Hollis and her boyfriend, her husband. Do you know what I'm saying? And then they were disgraced. No one wanted to read her books or believe what she had to say because in spite of at the season that she wrote that first book, Girl, Wash Your Face, things were one way. And then later things ended up not being that same way in that marriage. People judged her because how could you write a book and then this be what happens in your real life? Well, the reality is that we're humans. And the magic in these stories is that you don't have to listen and feel that someone has lost their grace or they fell. I hate this term, fell from grace. That's one of my biggest pet peeves. And I'll tell you why. I'll be very honest, real and raw, since we're everyone, everyone here is being honest, real and raw. When I was younger, uh, my, my, I was 12 years old to be exact, my father, quote unquote, fell from grace. And the church that we were at 
basically like, you know, 18, 16, 1700 style excommunicated us from that church. <laughs> we were asked to leave and yeah. not come back. Literally, I was in the Christmas play and I had one of the starring roles in that Christmas play. And my mom was told that I was allowed to bring that she was allowed to bring me in to the building the night of the play because they had no one else to take the role. And that was it. And I remember driving that night and my mom feeling so uncomfortable to go to the church and, and me about to be on stage acting in this Christmas play, thinking my dad's not even allowed in the doors and not understanding why. Because we fell, because my father fell from grace. By the way, my mom's name is Grace. My sister's name is Grace. My daughter's Sophia Grace. My niece is Olivia Grace. My other niece is Mila Grace. We are literally surrounded by grace and no grace has ever fallen. And we, none of us ever have fallen from grace because grace has never left any of us. Yeah. But at the time I didn't understand that. And I remember just thinking, and, and so I have a lot of church hurt because of that. I've definitely worked through it a hundred percent, but still for a long time, harbored a lot of church hurt and then go on. And, and that's when ultimately things went to uh, Calvary and all these different things that ended up happening in my life. But the reality of the matter is, is that regardless of sometimes the words that are coming out of our mouths, we're still human. We still can make mistakes no matter how well put together we are and how great everything thinks and how calculated the leaps that we've taken that led to success to success after success, we're still human. And in one moment, when you, after years of preaching, to be you, and I love that that is the quote, just be you, that, um, that uh, Glenn started the morning off with, you finally take your words and put them into action, and yet it didn't feel very good. <laughs> Not many people actually fully wanted you to be you when all was said and done. How do you combat moments in your life when you're given the opportunity to take the leap of showing up as authentically you, and yet people really don't want the authentic you, they want the watered-down version? Yeah, it's it's not easy. And I would say, you know, we talk about leaps of faith, the biggest leap of faith anybody in their entire life is going to make. And anybody listening right now, the biggest leap of faith is having the faith that exactly who you are is exactly who you're supposed to be. Exactly who you are is exactly what the world needs. Exactly who you are is worth loving, is worth knowing, is worth being seen. That is probably one of the biggest leaps of faith we have to take because guys, where, where else do we struggle the most but when we stand in front of the mirror? We forget so often because we've fallen into the script of the world around us. We live in a life where we want to please people and we want to make people happy and we want to, I mean, this is the social media world that we live in, right? We put our highlight reels on Instagram and TikTok and wherever else and, and we share the highlight moments and share all the pretty stuff and then we don't get real raw and honest about what's going on because we're afraid of ourselves. We're not actually afraid of other people, we're afraid of ourselves because we've heard enough from other people and we started to believe that if we don't fit into the script of the thing they designed for us, that we aren't worthy to be loved, that we aren't enough, that we don't have what it takes, that somehow we can't be the best or can't be, uh, just simply be. 
we don't believe that we can just simply be and be at peace and be at rest and be enough. Guys, my faith has stayed strong through my entire journey, which sometimes I scratch my head and wonder how that's true. But it's because I think when I look at the scriptures and I read in, in Psalm where it says that I'm a masterpiece created in God's image and part of his glory, I'm the image bearer of who he is. And every day of my life was written before one of them came to be by him. That's enough. It's enough. It's enough when I look at the story of the garden where things get messed up and Adam and Eve mess up, right? But God doesn't show up and, and his, the first question out of his mouth isn't, what in the hell did you do? His question is, where are you? I'm here to hang out like I was yesterday. Why? Because they were enough the way they were. It wasn't about what they did or what they didn't do. It was about just being present and being enough. And even in that moment when Adam and Eve replied to God, we're, we're hiding because we're, we're naked and we're ashamed. God said, that's all right, I got it. I'll cover your shame. Some of us walk around thinking that God is ashamed of us or we're ashamed of ourselves in front of God. And God's standing there going, I got this. You want me to cover your shame? Because I got you. I just want to be here with you. I just want to walk with you. And guys, sometimes we need to stop and pause for a moment and have that same grace for ourselves and say, I just want to show up for me and walk with me for a minute and believe that other people want to do the same. Because when we find that place of peace and grace for ourselves, in those moments when other people in the world don't want to walk with us and they turn their back on us, it's okay. We have peace. Because not everybody's meant for our journey. Not everybody's meant to be our friend. Not everybody's meant to think we're great. Not everybody's meant to, to be there every step of the way. Sometimes it's temporary. Sometimes we're just on different paths, headed in different directions. It's okay because the world needs all of us headed in each of our different directions because it wouldn't be the beautiful mosaic that it is. It wouldn't be this beautiful artwork and creation that God set into motion thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago if it wasn't okay to just show up and be you, to do you. To pursue that vision, that passion, that purpose, that thing that God set on fire inside of you uniquely, just the way you are. So your biggest leap of faith is being able to stand in front of the mirror and love you. Oof. Just be you. That's how Glenn started off the show this morning. And I love that this is where the conversation is taken. Because at the end of the day, regardless of the leaps that you have to take in business, regardless of the leaps that you have to take uh, in relationships, regardless of the leaps that you have to take in your faith, regardless of the leaps that you have to take by faith, the largest leap that you will ever have to take is the leap of stepping into you, authentically you, 100%. Understanding this. That the world, not everyone's going to like you. Not everyone's going to love you. Not everyone's going to appreciate you stepping into you. But God's always ready every day to show up and just hang out. He showed up in the garden to do what he was doing every day with Adam and Eve. It was them who felt different, not God. God is all-knowing. He's omniscient, omnipotent. He knew of their error. He knew they took 
a bite from that tree, but he showed up anyways. And I think that that's really the biggest thing because in the end of the day, when all of these are going on, when all these leaps that we have, all these opportunities that we have, all these business decisions, all these calculations that we have to think of, all of these things that sometimes can cloud our mind and make us think, how am I going to get all this done in the day? How am I going to, you know, how am I going to get from point A to point B? How am I going to reach that goal? How am I going to have this big desire in, in my heart, this hairy, scary goal that God has put within me? How am I ever going to accomplish it? Sometimes it just starts by putting that check into place. Am I showing up authentically me? Now, that doesn't mean in showing up authentically you that you have to let all the skeletons out of the closet and you got to go on Clubhouse or, or you got to go on social media and you got to let people know all the mistakes that you've made. And, and, and being authentically you is showing the shadow within because we all got shadow. We all got light. But being authentically you is different for every single person, in my opinion. But understanding that you can show up in all of your beauty in all of your darkness, in all of your shame, in all of your joy. And regardless, though man may not like you, though people may not accept you, God's always got you. Michael, I appreciate you so much for sharing your story with us so openly, sharing the leaps that you've taken, both calculated leaps and, and those that maybe you didn't have the time to calculate but you had to take them even leaps that you've taken from airplanes by the way i've skydived three three times fifteen thousand feet my wife and i's very first date we went skydiving that was my second time skydiving and so i understand everything that you're referencing even the fear sometimes of wondering i remember my third time taking that leap from the airplane thinking why the heck am i doing this again i've done it i felt it it is what it is it's like <laughs> it's beautiful i get it but oftentimes, we have to keep getting on that plane. We have to keep those butterflies in our belly as the plane is going up and, and higher and higher and ascending higher and higher until it gets to the right elevation. And then the nerves, as all of a sudden, everything starts to get strapped in. And then you actually go to the edge of the door and you're looking at the earth and everything looks like ant size. You know, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this again. And then you finally take the leap and you free fall. And then the parachute goes out and that jars you. And then the man that you, whoever you're riding tandem with, because I did a tandem, has to loosen some of your straps so you can fit comfortably. But you're in the air. And every single large leap takes multiple mini leaps internally to get you ultimately safely on the ground. And so for the last 15 minutes, I'd love to open it up to the audience for anyone that has maybe questions or comments that they'd like to make, or maybe you want to know how can we take a leap, or maybe you want to know how can we help you calculate a leap that needs to be made. And we can try to work through this. My, this segment ends at 630 where I get to pass the baton to the stunning Brielle. But for the next 15 minutes, I would love to open up the dialogue. So I know Miss Linnell Burns, Queen, come on, friend. I know you are dying to ask a question or make a comment. Are you here with me, sister? Oh, I'm here. Oh, I'm let's here. Go. 
morning. <laughs> oh my Jesus, Michael. Oh, I'm just so torn up this morning with your testimony. I am so grateful I was here to hear it this morning. And when you said that God knew they took a bite of the apple, but yet he wanted to commune with them anyway. That was just so powerful because I have a son who is, uh, you know, he's struggling with some things and, and identity is one of the things that he's, he, well, I shouldn't say struggle. I think the struggle is mine. He pretty much knows what he's, what he's up to. And um, this is something that I have really been talking to God about that I would be the mother that he needs in this season. So I know your testimony was was for me to hear this morning. And I just wanna say I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you for knowing that although the world may judge that you are fearfully and wonderfully made in his image, in all aspects of you. And so I just want to thank you for that testimony this morning. This is Lanelle Burns. I'll mute my mic. Uh, thank you. And, you know, I, I just think about that so often and how many of us, uh, you know, Alexander and I were talking about this the other night, how many of us who grew up in a, a faith background, because sometimes the narrative is given to us is so much about do good so you can be good, be good so you can be good enough. And it, it's always about what we do. It wasn't about just being. God didn't create us for the purpose of doing anything. He created us just to be, to be in communion. And he kept showing up. He showed up in the garden. That, that story of origin, if you come from a Christian faith background, that story of origin is probably one of the most beautiful things in the world where God just showed up. And he walked with Adam and Eve every day. And he showed up even after a mistake to just walk with them every day. And he never withdrew his presence. So even, even the story of having to leave the garden, God was still present. And you think about the journey that Christ kept showing up. Now, all the way through the scriptures that I grew up with, it wasn't pointed out to me that way. But when I look at it through that lens that God loves me exactly the way I am, and I see the story that God just kept showing up. When you think about Jesus showing up for the woman who, who, who had bled for 12 years, she was on her period for 12 years, and she was in social shame, and she shouldn't have been in public. She shouldn't have touched him. She shouldn't have talked to him. He shouldn't have talked to her. But when he turned and he looked at her in the face, what he said is, daughter. He not only identified that she was there, he identified the value and the purpose and, and the person that she is. And he gave her her personhood back in a single moment. When, when Jesus went to the Roman soldier, the enemy of faith, the state that was coming in to take away the freedom to follow God, and, and the soldier's daughter was sick, and what did he do? He dropped everything to take care of that, that sick girl. Because God has always shown up in our lives to be there for us and to love us. And if we can't do that for ourselves, we miss out on the beauty of this creation that's around us. Oh, so good. Linnell, thank you so much for your share. Thank you so much for being raw, open, and honest. And thank you so much for identifying your role in all of this. I think that that was really impactful. I think you just took a little bit of a leap in that moment. And I love you so much, and I'm so proud of you, friend. 
So if you would like to add to this conversation or maybe you have a question, start flashing your mic at me. I see Monica, I see Dr. Suki, keep flashing guys. I see Javone. Um, okay, so we have 10 minutes. So I'm gonna stop there for right now. And if we have more time, we'll grab more. Monica, sister, go ahead. Good morning, champions. This was such a lovely segment. Imagine my surprise, Michael, when you and I were <clears throat> back channeling and then I discovered it was you he was interviewing today. I want to share with you and just edify you a little bit. I had the um, the great pleasure of getting to spend a significant amount of time with you recently in your home. And when we talk about the word grace, <clears throat> sir, you are the picture of grace in your life. And being immersed as I do when, I, when I'm hosted with, with my friends all around the country, I get to see real life. I get to see regular life every day. And your regular life every day by anyone's account could be looked at as chaotic with the animals and the children's and the schedule and all the things. And you just show up in a way where you're in every moment. You are not, it's so fabulous because you're not, you're not distracted by the future. You're not dwelling in what happened yesterday and what this person said or that person said you are very very in that moment and you are the picture of grace and it was such a privilege to be able to be in that energy and to really um <clears throat> be in a position to observe and witness that and and be able to use that for myself to say how can i be more like that so i just want to acknowledge you for that and thank you i'm i'm i really um i appreciate i love you and i cannot wait to see you before too long and hug your neck again. So don't be a stranger. <laughs> I'm going to see her first. I'm going to see her first. <laughs> We're all tug of warring over Monica. Monica's coming to Florida and I can't wait. Dr. Suki. I am so touched, Michael, because I come from the Jewish faith and I believe a lot of my life has to do with God's timing not my own timing. Um, when I was a week old, I almost died because I was down to one pound. And I didn't know anything about religious upbringing. I didn't know anything about, but I didn't wanna be here. So I left my faith and my belief in God uh, at my own doorstep. And then uh, I almost died a second time. And my mother was very, very, very spiritual. And she shared with me when I was a little older how God worked in my life without mentioning God per se. And she said, all of the things that are happening to you are there for a reason. And you're very young. I was a little kid, eight, and she said, someday you're going to offer something that's really, really important in this world, even though right now what you're going through is really hard for you. And I found God through my mother, and I prayed, and I had something within myself um, that wasn't always there because in my own self, I sort of like couldn't be me. It was very difficult to be me. And then I realized in my life, and it was actually reinforced today with 
blessings that I can't tell you. And part of those blessings was because of Alexandra. And I'm sort of like emotional with this. Um, but I really, really, really believe that my timing is not always the best timing and that my acceptance of it has to be in God's time, which is why, and, and I say this in, in a little bit of comedic thing, I'm 74 years old and most people on the, on the uh, Breakfast with Champions know that, but I had to wait till I was 74 because you guys weren't born yet. I was always looking for the help that I needed to get my vision and my mission that I did with God out there. And I d didn't realize that God's timing is not my timing. And it was really in important for me to have this recognition and reinforcement from your talk today. And I so appreciate and am so grateful that you gave of your time and your knowledge and your spiritualism to reinforce that no matter how long it takes me to do what I need to do, it's God as my anchor and that teaches me patience and understanding and taking that leap that I need to take based on things that my mom said when I was eight years old. So I'm so grateful for this conversation and I'm so grateful for this platform and for um, Alexander, he's still getting his cr Christmas keto cookies. I love you so much. I love I, oh. Suki, I love you so much and thank you so much for that. You are amazing and, and, and um, I know that Michael feels the same way and we are just happy that we were here to share. Um, Mr. Javon, I'm really excited to hear what you have to share, brother. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. Is it Giovanni? I, I wasn't sure. Uh, uh, Joyful Horizons, everyone. Uh, can you hear me loud and clear first? Yes, we sure can. Start us. Perfect, perfect. Um, it's actually pronounced Javon, but uh, thank you for, for giving me this space. Um, I know we ain't got much time, but I wanted to just say that you, you touched on some key points. I think the biggest thing that I took away from this whole discussion is being yourself is the biggest leap you can ever make. And it's such a key point because we are all conditioned to be everybody else's ideas, be everybody else's reality. When we are creators of our own reality, we creators of our own ideas. And by having that confidence and that belief in yourself to know that what you're thinking, what you feel is not wrong, and matter of fact, it's actually right. Even if it don't produce the right results, it's still the right thing because you got to gain that experience. So I think that point that you touched on touched me and it's making, bringing confirmations for some of the things I'm doing in my own life. So I wanted to just quickly highlight that. I uh, yield my mic. Thank you. Javon, we appreciate you, brother. And uh, yeah, I, I'm so happy. Michael, I, I know that you agree with me that if, if everyone walks away from this understanding that the biggest leap that you can take is just be you. Funny that Glenn starts off the entire morning. Funny that today on the Morning 5 Planner, the quote at the top is just be you. And the biggest leap that we need to take is the leap of just 
being you. Would you not agree with that, Michael? 100%. If you can take that leap of faith and land in that space, it doesn't mean every single day feels good, but if you can take the leap of faith that when you step in front of the mirror or when the lights are out at night and it's just you and your thoughts, that it's a place of peace where you have learned to simply be, to appreciate who you are, the gifts, the talents, the flaws, the failures, the successes, the excitement, the struggles, all of those things, when you can live at peace with who you are, you can do something incredible in this world that you never thought possible. I think about that so often today, as a matter of fact, I will sit in the room with people that I would have told you five years ago would never sit with me given my, my identity, my choices, my reality, my beliefs, my background, my politics, everything. But I will sit in a room with guys like Steve Bannon and Roger Stone today and hang out with some powerful influencers in this world who I don't always agree with. But the reason I get to sit in places and show up in places with people like that is because I'm at peace with me. And because those people are at peace with themselves and we can sit in a room and share amazing moments and opportunities together and the world opens up to you when you learn to take a leap of faith and love you oh i love that so much more you guys know that's what i talk about you know one of the most impactful things that i got to do in my life is speak on the grow your business for god's sakes conference about how telling the water within ourselves i love you over and over can transform now listen i say this often those that can't what teach the old adage i'm not perfect i don't always tell myself i love you i don't wake up every single day in a space of self-love in fact there are some days that it's really hard and some i've had some of those days recently that it's really hard to wake up in a space of self-love and old demons try to fight you and battle you in your head and every single day every single day i have to wake up and take the leap into loving myself and knowing that I am worthy. It's not easy. There's so many things in my head that tell me that I'm not. There's so many things that I've done that make me feel like a failure. But in the end, I know that in spite of taking a bite out of many apples, too many apples worth counting, that God just wants to commune with me because I am enough. I am made in his image. God is love. I am love. I love freely. I tell myself, I love you. Alex, I love you. Alex, you are so worthy. Alex, you changed the world. Alex, despite all the shadow, your light shines so brightly. We love you, Alexander. We love you, Alexander. Love you. Love you. Love you. Big hug, bro. Love you, Alex. Uh, I'm so blessed to be part of this community. I'm so blessed to have people like each and every single one of you in my life. And I'm so blessed that in spite of, you see, we oftentimes think that love is because of, because you're my girlfriend, because you're my boyfriend, because you're my child, because you make me laugh because we have the same things in common. No, that's why like 
shows up. You like people because you love people in spite of, in spite of the fact that you make me angry, in spite of the fact that we don't agree, in spite of the fact that you make mistakes, in spite of the fact that you have shadow and I have shadow. Love is unconditional. Love is given freely. And when it's given freely, it comes back to you. And I can truly say that I love each and every single one of you in this room just because. But I can also say that even though it's an uphill battle, I love me just because. The biggest leap you can take is the leap of just be you. And I want to encourage each and every single one of you to take that leap, even when it's uncomfortable, even when it's scary. And I'm not saying take the leap of just be you and all of a sudden go on, you know, Instagram and be like, in 1999, I stole chapstick from a 7-Eleven and I just wanted to come clean. It's not trauma dumping. It's not letting skeletons out of the closet. It's showing authentically up as you, knowing that you are enough, that you are more than worthy, that God is going to take your ashes and turn it into beauty, and that despite the shadow, your light shines. This is a room of people whose light shine, and my light is shining brighter because I get to be around all of you incredible humans. Thank you, Michael, Michael, for this incredible hour. Thank you for being real, raw, open, and honest. Thank you for sharing things that were difficult to talk about, but you are in such a place of grace and peace and joy. I mean, you're in a place of peace that passes all understanding. You're a hero, my man, not just because of what you've accomplished, but what you've accomplished in spite of. And I love you from the bottom of my heart just because. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.